Our gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, continued conversation with Jesus and his disciples as he is sending them out, the 40th verse through the 42nd verse. Hear these words. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I tell you, he will not lose his reward. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, Amen. The greatest gift, she said, while addressing our class on hospitality, the greatest gift anyone who believes in Jesus Christ can give is the act of hospitality. Her name was Mady Fraser. She was the chaplain of Phillips Theological Seminary as I was going through, and her love of life was hospitality. Her one goal in her life was to make sure that everyone on campus or involved with Phillips Theological Seminary was welcome and that you felt welcome. You know, one of the greatest things we do in our lives today, one of the most important things we do is make people feel welcome. I don't know how many times we stress that in the text, that it's important that we as believers in Jesus Christ make people feel welcome when we encounter them. How many of you strive to make people feel welcome when they're around you? We at the church, we open the doors. We want you to feel welcome. We hope the air conditioner is fine and, and we want you to feel comfortable. We're, 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 we're sorry about the inconvenience of the mask and the distance, but we want you to be comfortable. We want you to feel welcome. We want you to come here and know that God loves you and that you feel welcome. And we put a lot of emphasis on that. We put a lot of emphasis on welcoming. When you go to somebody's house, they welcome you. When you have somebody at your house, you welcome, or I hope, you offer the gift of hospitality because hospitality sets the ground for relationship. That's, the, that's why it's the most important thing we can do as believers of Christ is to set the ground where hospitality is exercised in our life because it sets the framework for relationship. And following Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus is all about relationship. It's the most important thing he's telling his disciples. You're going to go out and you're going to face this. You're going to experience this. You're going to be a sword because of the message that I've given you. You're going to make people separate. But you are to build relationship. Because in building the relationship, we live out the gospel. In building the relationship, we help people feel welcome. 
Did you hear what I said? In building out the relationship, we help people feel welcome. And we get caught up in that in church. We get caught up in that in believers. We need to make sure everybody feels welcome. We don't want to be the, the worst thing a church can ever get is the reputation of being an unfriendly church. It's the wor- it'll, it'll just, your evangelism, evangelism program will just go out the door. Nobody will come and visit because if you get the reputation that you are an unfriendly church, forget it. Growth has stopped. Income will stop. The message won't go beyond the walls. You will be done. Because the greatest thing followers of Jesus Christ can be is hospitable. But Jesus says something different and turns it around in the text today. Read the first line. Those who receive you receive me. He's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to you and I. How often do you focus on how well you're welcomed? How often do you focus on the ability to be welcomed in people's homes or to be, do you sense that? I heard someone say just recently that in the first 10 minutes of welcoming somebody, you can tell whether they're genuine or whether they're counterfeit. That was their exact words. You can tell if they're genuine or you can tell if they're counterfeit. Because it's in how someone welcomes you that you can tell the character of that person. And what Jesus says is if they welcome you, you're a disciple of Jesus, right? It'll go through the land. People will know it. Then they welcome Christ as well. And so we, the people of God, need to pay attention to not only making sure we welcome people, but pay attention to how we're welcomed. Now, in my position... The welcoming is weird. I'm, I promise. And I'm going to tell you this. I like to be introduced as Barry. This is my friend, Barry. Because if you introduce me as this is my friend, Barry Loving, our minister, whew, there went the welcome. Right out the door. I mean, I'm going to get welcomed. But it's going to be this false sense of I'm holy, I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't have bad problems in my life, I don't do anything. Hey, I do. So let's just be real with each other. Because the minute we put on a false welcome, we become what my friend says is counterfeit. We're not real. So when we welcome one another or when we're welcome in somebody's home, if you introduce, just to use my example, if you introduce me as your minister, people automatically, they quit cussing, they quit drink, they're afraid to take a drink, they're afraid to put their arm around their love, they're afraid to tell a dirty joke, they're, they're afraid to be human. And the unique, unique things that make human welcome wonderful. And you know what that happens? That shuts off the ability for us as people to witness. My ability to witness in that situation just hit a wall. I mean, I love that I'm a pastor, I love that I'm a minister, But honestly, it puts up a wall in people's lives when I'm meeting new people. Because for some reason, we as the church get this image that we're holier than somebody else. We're no more holy than anybody. We're human. And we're as human as we can be. And that's why Jesus says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Because if we can walk into a situation as our authentic self and be welcomed as our authentic self, not perfect, Not holier than anybody else, just us. And we walk in, and all of a sudden, humanity connects, right? 
One spirit connects to another spirit. And in that connection, if they receive you, then you're able to do the work of God. Then you can use that opportunity to build relationship. And in building relationship, what do you do? You get to offer the love of Christ. You get to, you get to take care of people. You, you get to offer anything they need. You, you get to be in relationship. And being in relationship genuinely constitutes hospitality from both sides. We don't need false witness in this world. What we need are genuine people of God who are willing to have relationship with other genuine people so that we can change the world, so that we can bring about a message of peace. We, the people of God, don't need to walk through the world and judge others. We need to allow ourselves to be welcomed. And if we put up a wall of judgment, your, your ability to be welcomed is denied. So it's through clear lenses that we want to walk into the world and we want to take a picture of how we're welcomed. How many of you pay attention to how you're welcomed? I mean, we work so hard to be hospitable from our side. How many of you pay attention to how you're welcomed into somebody's home when you're welcomed into a moment, into a conversation? How many of you pay attention to that? Because that's the most important thing. Because when you're welcomed, you need to understand the Holy Spirit's prompting you as opportunity. Not opportunity to preach, unless that's your gift. Opportunity to love. Opportunity to offer grace to someone. Opportunity to bridge a gap. Opportunity to, to, to meet a need. For example, the, the woman at the well. How did Jesus welcome her? Could you give me some of that water? He was completely across a societal line that he, should have been, he shouldn't have been talking to her. But he welcomed her. I mean, you can go and look at all the relationships. Jesus and the beggar, he welcomed him where he was. Right? And in those welcomings, and they welcomed Jesus back. She pushed back a little bit, but the, wel- but the beggar welcomed Jesus back. And in that welcome, Jesus was able to act and change things change things through those people. And so us as Christians, as much as we want to focus on hospitality and welcoming others, we really need to pay attention to our own welcome. Because it's on our own welcome that we're able to offer a gift. It's awkward to bring a gift to a party or to, to a place when you're really not invited. Have you ever tried that? There's a party going on at the neighbor's house and you think, oh heck, I'm going to go over there. They didn't invite me, but I'm going to go over there. I'm going to take a gift. You know what they're going to be like when they open the door? They're going to be like, excuse me, I don't think we invited you. You're the preacher who lives next door. Mm-hmm. Y- y'all, y'all clean stuff up. The preacher's at the door, right? They're not going to welcome you. But if you come as your authentic self and you just say, hey, I, here I am. I mean, there's lots of people who, who they'll tell me, I have a friend, he tells me all the time, he says, you know what I love about you loving? You remind me that pastors can be human. Now, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But he says, you remind me that pastors are human. And so I don't know what that example is, but, but it means to me that he welcomes me as I am. He doesn't welcome me with my position. He welcomes me as Barry, the human being, first. And that, the, the position just happens to come with it. So I think in our lives, we need to really look back on 
where it is we're able to be welcomed, and what do we offer in the welcoming? For anyone who welcomes a prophet receives a prophet's reward. And anyone who welcomes a righteous man receives a righteous man's award. Do you hear that? You are just the conveyor. All right? I want you to understand. You're the conveyor of the grace of God. Because someone welcomes you. If someone welcomes you, then you have the opportunity and the responsibility to share the love of God with that person. That means you are the conveyor of the gift. They didn't earn it. That's what I love about this text. It's, you can't earn God's love, all right? You can't earn that prophet's reward. You can't earn that righteous man's reward. They receive it. And the person you're enacting with receives it through you because you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit works through you. So I hope you'll change the lenses on your glasses a little bit and you'll look at the world in a new frame. And you'll look at opportunities about when you are welcomed and how you are welcomed. What does the Bible say if you're not welcome? Dust your sandals off and move on. Don't waste your time. If there's walls and bridges and things, people don't want you there, it's okay. Go where you're welcome. You know, somebody told me one time, Barry, you need to go where you're appreciated, not where you're tolerated. Right? And you go into those situations, you can change the world one person at a time. You can change the world one person at a time. And that's what this whole direction to the disciples is about. You're going into a harsh world. You're going into a world that's not going to like you, a world that's going to persecute you. You need to pay attention to the welcoming because it's in the welcoming that opportunity arises. And if we pay attention to the welcoming and then we see the opportunity, then we can be the vessel to share the reward of of love. Then we can be the vessel that God uses through the power of the Holy Spirit to change people's lives. And Lord knows we live in a world where we need to seize those opportunities. We need to tear down walls and we need to build bridges. Compassion needs to be flowing from us for our brothers and sisters in in this world when we're welcomed. Don't waste your energy on the resistance. Waste your ener- use your energy on those who welcome you so that you can change the world. There's a story about a young man who was walking down the seacoast and thousands of starfish were scattered on the, on the shore. And if a starfish stays on the shore too long, it'll dry out and it will die. And another older man was coming down the seashore and he says, what are you doing, young man? And he says, well, I'm trying to save all the starfish. And he says, well, there's no way that's going to happen. And he picks one up and he throws it out into the ocean. And he said, I saved that one. You see, he sees the opportunity to make a difference in something he believed in. It's what we as Christians have to do. We have to seize the opportunity when it's there to move by the power of the Holy Spirit to change people's lives. Maybe you'll understand it better this way. Let me tell you a story. I was around 13, 14 years old, and my parents had some friends that lived in the hill country of Texas. And now we grew up in the panhandle of Texas, and we decided we were going to go see these lifelong friends of my parents, and we were going to stay with them for a few days. And we drove up, and we were going to what they called their farm. Now, I, I don't remember how big the farm was. What I remember was when we got there, this 
I want to say older lady because I was about 13, okay? She could have been 50, but she seemed old to me. She opened the door and she says, come in and make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. She had a beautiful home. She invited my parents and all five of us kids to come into her house and make ourselves at home. Now, how do you think that felt? That was a wonderful welcome. That was, that was her saying, you are loved, and we want to love you while you're here. Make yourself at home. And she continued to, to take care of us and feed us and provide for us, and we were welcomed in a great way. And she came to me, she could tell I was being antsy, because at about that age, I was pretty antsy, and I liked to be outside. I didn't like to be inside. And they had this pasture, and out in that pasture, when we drove up, I had noticed something. There was a red horse. And the lady of the house came to me, and she says, Barry, would you like to go outside? Yes, ma'am, I would. She said, make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. And I mean, I was out the door as fast as I could get out the door, and I was over the barbed wire fence, and I was through the old rustic barn, and I was looking for feed so I could go catch that horse. And I got near him, and he ran off, and I got near him, and we played this little game for about 10 minutes. And finally, his name was Red. Red let me catch him. And so I caught Red, and I led him up to the barn, and I went to their tack room, and I found a saddle and a bridle, And I got on red and I rode red around and I was as happy as I could be. Her hospitality, her welcoming me had made me extremely happy. But here's what happened in that. She used her gift to welcome us and we felt welcome. And in that welcoming, there were some other friends who showed up at the house. And one of them was a pastor in a town south of where I grew up. And I didn't know him well, but I knew who he was because we'd been active in the church. And next thing I know, I'm riding old Red, and he's leaning on the fence watching me. And so I walk over, and his name's Jerry, and I said, Hi, Jerry. And he said, Hey, Barry, you ride that horse pretty good. And I said, You want to ride him? And he said, I don't know how to ride him. I said, You don't know how to ride a horse? And this guy was somewhat old. He was probably 35. I said, You don't know how to ride a horse? He says, No. I said, Well, come in here and let me teach you. I mean, it's something I had to offer. It's a gift I had to give. Because I had been welcomed by the lady of the house and the man of the house to all of their property. I found what I could relate to in that relationship. And I was able to share that with another friend. And that day I taught that friend how to ride a horse. Now, he didn't do a great job, but he made it around the pasture a time or two in a walk on Old Red, and he didn't get bucked off or anything. And we got him off okay, and, and you know what? Every time I saw Jerry after that, you know what he said? He would always say this to me. He would say, I'm so glad I got to teach you how to ride a horse. He would never admit that I was the one that taught him how to ride a horse. He always said, I'm so glad I got to teach you how to ride a horse. But you know what? That welcoming and that using the gifts, that being welcomed, that being welcomed by Jerry, that being welcomed by the people who were there, relationships were built. Relationships that have lasted a lifetime. 
relationships that helped me grow in my relationship with God was built because somebody welcomed me and I was able to offer the gifts I had and welcome them and they were offered, able to offer the gifts they had and together we've grown. You see, that's the way God works in our life. God works through receiving of one another. And we, the people of God, have to be sensitive to the welcoming so that in the welcoming, we can allow the Spirit of God to seize the opportunity and we can allow others to receive the love and grace of Jesus Christ. This week, when you're out and about, pay attention to the welcoming and listen for the prompt of the Holy Spirit that you might be a vessel of opportunity and a vessel of love. Amen and amen.